Welcome to the Grace for This City podcast. We're helping you turn your cities upside down. Hey, I'm your host, Justin Goff. Stay tuned. We got a great show for you today. Good morning, our global family. That's right. All you Grace for This City podcast followers and listeners. Hallelujah. We're so thankful for you wherever you are at in the nations. I want you to know we're praying for you, friends. Hallelujah. We're praying you're getting out there. And I'm telling you because of Christ in you, the hope of glory and his strategies, his plans, his word, his will, his purposes in you, you're turning cities upside down. Hallelujah, friends. Thank you so much for tuning in. And uh, I really enjoy uh, gathering together with you uh, right here every week. Uh, We got something coming out every Thursday. Hallelujah, somebody. And uh, it's just going to get better and better and better. Hallelujah. I I think I'm getting better at it. Praise God. You ever listen to the very beginning ones? (laughs) Jesus, help us. You know, know, everybody just says yes. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't call the equipped. I think that's obvious with me. He equips us as we go along and uh, as we yield to him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So if I'm not as good as I could be, it's just I haven't yielded yet. Lord, help me. Pray for me. I'm asking for you to pray for me, friends. Hallelujah. Lord, help Justin. <laughs> amen, amen. Hey, something we're doing, and uh, we want you to know about it and take advantage of it, friends. Hallelujah. Uh, if you have listened to our podcast and one of them stood out to you, you know what? That one was a good one. I would like a CD of that. Or you're thinking, hey, I know somebody, my mom, my grandma, my neighbor, people at church. You're like, you know what? I think they should listen to that. Then we want to accommodate you. And so we will mail you or them, come on, a free CD. All you, all you have to do is send us an email at hello at gracecitychurch.tv. Give us their name and address, and we'll get it mailed out to them at no charge, friends. Hallelujah. And you know what? All that is possible because of the partners just like you, that help pay all this forward, friends. Hallelujah. So we're honored to be able to do that. This one is don't doubt. Listen, you know what? You are called a believer. If you know somebody that's been struggling, maybe they got a word from the Lord and they've been under a strategy of doubt, you need to request this one right here, friends. We'll get it mailed to them and we'll encourage them in the word that says, you know what? You are not a doubter. You are a believer. The the Bible says don't doubt. That's opposite of your calling. Hallelujah. In fact, some people ask Jesus, they're saying, oh, this and this and this and this and this, and what about this and what about that? And Jesus said, hey, your work is to believe. <laughs> Hallelujah. So in, anyways, take advantage of that. Send us an email, we'll mail it to you. All right, what else? Uh, we're going to put up a graphic here real quick and because we're in a project, friends, and I want to invite you to participate. We here are calling it the studio project and we've got a facility you can see it right there on the screen if you're watching you can see the project graphic right here we've got a facility on our property that the lord said put three studio sets in if you're watching me you see our studio here but right there on the screen we can uh expand the podcast studio a little bit in that other facilities do a few other little things uh with it over there that we can't do here and then up top there, you'll see uh, what I'm calling like the interview style. There may be a technical term for that, but that's what I know it as. Where you sit, couch and chair, we can sit down, and have guests, we can have spiritual and biblical conversations. And then, oh, let's see, on the bottom right, that studio set right there is what we're calling Equippers Academy and Equippers University. 
the vision behind that is that we can take people, start them out on the milk of the word, and then bring them all the way up to where now they're able to uh, partake and locate and receive and interact with the meat of the word. Hallelujah, somebody. And so if you would like to participate in that, we invite you to several ways that you could contribute to the fulfilling of that vision. You can go to our website, gracecitychurch.tv forward slash give. Follow the instructions and there'll be a drop down menu. You can select studio project. Listen, from the bottom of our heart, we thank you in advance. Listen, everything that we're doing is made possible uh, by the generous support of partners and people just like you. And uh, we believe the Lord is using this to get into the nations. We've been uh, in over 155 nations, and I need to look and give an update on how far we've been. I, I know several more nations have been added to that. And all that is made possible because of your partnership, friends. And so we thank you. Remember what Paul, he wrote to the Philippians church, and he was talking about you know, that God had called them, but yet nobody had partnered with them except for them. They, they were the first ones. And he said, it's not the gift that I'm seeking, but the fruit that's going to bound, uh, abound to your account. Listen, friends, this transaction is not just a natural one. When you uh, realize those God partnerships, and maybe we're not that for you, but if we are, when you realize what's actually happening in the spiritual there is fruit that is abounding to your account. All the rewards that we receive for being faithful, if you're partnered with us, you share in those rewards. So it's not just about money, friends. It's about our eternal rewards because we yielded to those God-defined partnerships where we linked arms and we helped each other accomplish his plans in the earth. So uh, again, we thank you in advance for considering if this partnership is for you. Hallelujah. All right, let's jump into our episode today. And uh, I want to talk about the final leg, the final leg. Now, there's a scripture that is really, uh, when, I've, when I first saw it in the light that the Lord wanted me to see it, it was very impactful. I want to read it to you now. It's in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 7. 1 Peter 4, 7. But it says, the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. Now, you've heard me mention this. I've mentioned this several times. But the Bible gives us a seven-day work week. Six days are the days of man. Six thousand years are the days of man. The seventh day, which is a Sabbath day, it's the millennial reign, it's a period of rest under the kingship of the Lord Jesus Christ when he comes back. This is after the rapture of the church, which is followed up by a tribulation or Jacob's trouble. This is ju uh, judgment to the Jews and nations. And then when Jesus comes back, he sorts the nations out. Many of the Jews repent because Zechariah prophesies that a fountain will be opened up to them. They'll look upon him who they pierced. There'll be great repentance and mourning. They'll be wel welcomed in to be the people that represent that earthly kingdom. And then the nations will be uh, sorted. Uh, goat nations will go on into punishment. And then the sheep nations will be invited into that millennial reign. All right, so that's a seven-day work week. And so in the book of Acts, we realize here, if you're a student of the scriptures, rightly dividing the scriptures, 
then we realize that what Peter was saying when he said this was that which Joel prophesied uh, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit. Well, last days, well, then there's got to be days. There's got to be a set number of days. Well, there is. Six days shall be the days of man. Seventh day, the Lord Jesus Christ, that's his day. It's the millennial reign. It's, it, it's, it's a Sabbath reign. It's a rest, a time of peace for the earth for a thousand years. But here, Peter, he's quoting Joel. Joel had the prophetic word. He was speaking it forward. Last days hadn't come yet in Joel's days. But Holy Spirit, when it came upon Peter, he stood up and he prophesied. He said, aha, because Holy Spirit knew. This is that. Joel said, when we get into the last days, Holy Spirit would be poured out. That signaled our entrance into the last two days, day five and six, of the work week. By the time we get to Second Timothy, again, we have this phrase that in the last days, it shall be perilous. Holy Spirit, through Paul, writing to Timothy so he could be aware of how to instruct his people, what, what they were to look for, how they were navigate their part, their work for that time in which they were living in. He said, you'll know you've uh, reached the end of the last days. People say, I've been hearing that my whole life. Well, yeah, because it's 2,000 years. That's why. Unless you're older than 2,000 years, you've been hearing it your entire life. <laughs> Hallelujah. Quit being so snarky about that, friends. My goodness. Anyways, so Peter signaled we entered into that 2,000-year period. And he even wrote about it. Peter wrote about it in his books. Remember, because he was about to depart, people were freaking out because Jesus hadn't come back in. So he wrote them a letter to the Jewish believers there. And he wrote them a letter and he said, hey, remember what Hosea said after two days, he'll raise us up on that third day. Peter, in effect, is telling them, you can look at this, just study First and Second Peter, friends. And he's telling them, listen, a day is as a thousand years and a thousand years is as a day. He's telling us Jesus isn't going to come back yet for another couple thousand years. All right. So Holy Spirit's writing to Paul or Holy Spirit's revealing to Paul. Paul's writing to Timothy so that he can navigate these days. He says, this is how you're going to know that you've come up on the very end, the last part. You've been following us for the last three podcasts. We were on this series on purpose. We looked at this passage in Matthew. Jesus hires people in the 11th hour. That's the final moments. Well, you and I, friends, are in that second Timothy time period, that prophetic time period. Now, it really wasn't even for that time where Timothy was, but he, he gave us the clues that you and I would need to be able to discern, distinguish, to recognize the time and the season that we were in. We're in perilous now. We're at the very end. We're in the 11th hour of that sixth day. So this is why First Peter really... Uh, really resonated in me. I saw it in different light. I didn't see it as like we were in the beginning of this. I saw it as like we're at the end of this. Listen, we are at the end of all things. We are at the end of the end of the end. The word eschatos in 2 Timothy 3.1 is like the last day of the week or the last week of the month or the last month of the year. It was a nautical term. If you study the usage of, of this word out, eschatos, and as they used it in nautical, uh, when it was used as a nautical term, it would refer to the last port on a mapped journey or the last destination on a mapped journey. You may have four or five stops, but the last one was eschatos. And so that's where you and I are at. He says, you're, how do you know when you've come up upon the very end? Well, it's going to be perilous. And that's where you and I are, friends. So this is the admonition we're receiving. We need to be serious. Now, this doesn't mean you can't have fun because the joy of the Lord is our strength. So you can't throw that out. So we balance it with there needs to be joy. 
There, 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 there will be laughter. There will be light and easy. Jesus said that. He said, my burden, my yoke, light and easy. But yet there is a soberness. There is a seriousness about the work that you and I have because we're working in a time period that nobody else has. We're facing things that are unique to the time in which we are called to work. And he said, you need to be watchful in your prayers. Hallelujah. Remember this passage in Matthew 26, verse 40, Jesus came to his disciples and he found them sleeping. Listen to this uh, phrase. I, 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 I want to try and get something to you prophetically here. Jesus found them sleep, sleeping and said to Peter, what, could you not watch with me? Come on, what? One hour. Hallelujah, friends. We are in the final hour. You know, we're in that parable of Matthew 8, where, or was it Matthew 11? Matthew, where he's hiring people to come in. We're in the 11th hour. We're in the final moments, and you and I are being recruited. So this is very important that you and I need to stay up. We need to stay awake. Uh, there's a false awakening happening right now, and it's actually luring people to sleep. Okay, But you and I need to stay awake. We need to stay awake during this work period that we have. We don't want to fall asleep at the wheel, friends. Hallelujah. Um. Yeah, that was very interesting because I was in some meetings. You know, I'm filming this on a uh, on a Thursday, but I, I I was in some meetings on Monday and Tuesday of this week, and uh, the minister that came in, powerful minister, had this prophetic word about the strategy that many uh, ministers and ministries have been facing over over the last three years. In uh, in in particularly, <coughs> and it was a strategy. Uh, like this fog of fatigue. Hallelujah. Listen, Jesus is saying, I need you to stay awake. What do you think the enemy is doing? In what, what do you think Antichrist is doing? It is opposing everything Jesus says. And if Jesus says, hey, I need you to stay awake, then guess what the strategy is going to be? It's going to be one of sleepiness, drowsiness, fatigue. You know, little slumber, little folding of the hands to sleep. Yeah, you, you understand these, these guys were being challenged here. And Jesus said, listen, the spirit is willing, the flesh is weak. What's the answer to that statement? Well, Paul, in another place, he answered that. You've got to buffet that flesh. You're going to have to do what's required so that your body, come on, will not disqualify you. I need you awake right now. You better not be falling asleep. So we need to do what's required then to stay awake. Listen, you and I are in the very last moments. Jesus said we must work while it's still day. Night's coming when no man can work. And so we have to stay awake, friends. Stay sober. We need to stay uh, diligent, vigilant, uh, awake, eyes open, ears open, spiritually sensitive to what's going on around us. Hallelujah. Many years ago, uh, we entered into a significant posture adjustment. And the best way I know how, how to explain that is we entered into um, the Lord was adjusting us into the pace and the posture of the finish. If we could use an analogy of like a baton race, uh, which I think is fitting in several ways, but if we use that analogy, uh, where you and I are at, the time in which you and I are living and our work associated with the time, we're the last runner in the race. That's why I'm called this podcast today, The Last Leg. Uh, because the baton has been given to us. We're the last 
runner. Now, typically in a baton race, the last runner is the fastest race. Now, that's indicative to the time because it's like a vortex. Things are rapidly increasing. Daniel prophesied about it. There's other you know things that lend to maybe that conclusion, but things are things things are happening faster. There is a unveiling of spiritual things. Of course, that realm moves at the speed of light. So obviously, we're realizing how slowed down the natural realm has been. But because we're becoming spiritually keen, we're becoming spiritually sensitive. We're recognizing there's a fast work that is possible. Not only impossible, or not only possible, but required even. Hallelujah. You know, the jet age was, that's not the ultimate, but it was indicative of something. We realized, wow, you know, we started flying at 50 miles an hour and then it was 100 miles an hour and then, you know, started progressing and now we've got supersonic flight. Well, what is that? Well, those are derivative understandings of what's possible in the spirit, how things work in the spirit. And you and I are coming into very interesting uh, revelations of who we are in Christ Jesus and then the possibilities associated with being in him. Hallelujah, friends. So we're at the end. Now, I want to read something to you. Um, I want to read a, a, a prophecy uh, that my spiritual father, Kenneth E. Hagan, had uh, in Rockwall, Texas, September the 2nd, 1950. Hallelujah. Yes, 1950. And it's called, they've, they've called this vision and prophetic word, they've called it America's last call. And I think it's fitting because we're in the last leg. We are the finishing generation, and there's a finishing anointing on you and I. Um, you know, I pastor Grace City Church in Harrison, Arkansas. And uh, so, you know, we operate, um, you know, it's our ministry base here, the, the church and its operations. But the Lord dealt with me on, um, you know, also having a, a ministry. We have a, uh, an incorporated nonprofit uh, ministry that we operate under. Whenever we travel out from here, we operate under this. And the Lord told us to call it uh, Finishers, uh, Finishers Ministries International. And it's, it's because we carry a message of last things, uh, the last leg. But in particularly, we carry an anointing, a finishing anointing that will come upon people, that, that helps to uh, uh, maneuver us into that pace and the posture that will set us up to finish and finish strong. You are anointed to finish. You are a finishing generation, friends. And there's an anointing, there's a grace on us for our work. And our work has everything to do with wrapping this thing up. And so whenever we travel out, we travel under that heading because that's the anointing that we travel under is we're helping people to get into that pace and posture, awakening them to their finishing work and the grace and the anointings and the tooling that's associated with that so that you can be found faithful and you will hear well done, good and faithful servant. Hallelujah. But let me read to you America's last call, this prophetic word that came through my spiritual father, Kenneth E. Hagan. About that time, the Holy Spirit came upon me. It seemed as if a wind was blowing on me, and I fell flat on my face on the platform. As I lay under the power of God, it seemed as if I were standing high on a plane somewhere in space. I could see for miles and miles. And uh, uh, just as one can stand on the great plains of the United States and gaze off into the distance for miles. I looked in every direction, but I couldn't see a sign of life anywhere. There were no trees or grass, no flowers or vegetation of any kind. There were no birds or animals. I felt lonely. 
I was not conscious of my earthly surroundings. As I looked to the west, I saw what appeared to be a tiny dot on the horizon. It was the only moving thing I could see. As I watched, it grew larger and came toward me, taking on shape and form. Soon, I could see it was a horse. As it came closer, I could see a man upon the horse. He was riding toward me at full speed. As he approached, I could see he held the reins of the horse's bridle in his right hand, and in his left hand, high above his head, he held a scroll of paper. When the horseman came to me, he pulled on the reins and stopped. I stood on his right, and he passed the scroll from his left hand to his right hand and handed it to me. As I unrolled the scroll, which was a roll of paper 12 or 14 inches long, he said, take and read. At the top of the page in big, bold black print were the words, war and destruction. I was struck dumb. He laid his right hand on my head and said, read in the name of Jesus Christ. I began to read what was written on the paper. And as the words instructed me, I looked and saw what I had just read about. First, I read about thousands upon thousands of men in uniform. Then I looked and saw these men marching, wave after wave of soldiers marching as to war. I looked in the direction they were going. And as far as I could see, there were thousands of men marching. I turned to read the scroll again and then looked and saw what I had just read. I saw many women, old women with snowy white hair, middle-aged women, young women, and even teenagers. Some of the younger ones held babies in their arms. All of the, uh, all of the women were bowed together in sorrow and were weeping profusely. Those who did not carry babies uh, held their hands on their stomachs as they uh, bowed over and wept. Tears flowed from their eyes like water. I looked at the scroll again, and again I looked to see what I had just read about. I saw the skyline of a large city. Looking closer, I saw the skyscrapers were burned out holes. Portions of the city lay in ruins. It was not written that just one city uh, would be destroyed, burned, and in ruins, but that there would be many such cities. The scroll was written, uh, written in the first person and seemed as if Jesus himself was speaking. I read, listen to this, this is the main area that I wanted to get to. I read, America is receiving her last call. Some nations already have received their last call and never will receive another. Then, in larger print, it said, the time of the end of all things is at hand. This statement was repeated four or five times. Jesus also said this was the last great revival. He went on to say, all the gifts of the Spirit will be in operation in the church in these last days, and the church will do greater things than even the early church did. It will have greater power, greater signs, and greater wonders than were recorded even in the book, uh, excuse me, that then were recorded in the Acts of the Apostles, which is referring to the book of Acts. I believe in visions. We have seen and experienced many healings, but we will now behold amazing miracles that have not seen, uh, been seen before. Jesus continued, more and more miracles will be performed in the last days, which are just ahead. For it is time for the gift of the working of miracles to be uh, more in prominence. We now have entered into the era of the miraculous. Many of my own people will not accept the moving of my spirit 
and will turn back and will not be ready to meet me at my coming. Many will be deceived by false prophets and miracles of satanic origin. But follow the word of God, the spirit of God, and me, and you will not be deceived. I am gathering my own together and am preparing them, for the time is short. There were several other exhortations to watchfulness, to awaken and pray, and not to be deceived. Then I read, As it was in the days of Noah, so also shall the coming of the Son of Man be. As I spoke to Noah and said, For yet seven days, and I will cause it to rain upon the earth forty days and forty nights, and every living substance that I have made will I destroy from off the face of the earth. So today I am speaking and giving America her last warning and call to repentance. And the time that is left is comparable to the last seven days of Noah's time. Judgment is coming. Warn this generation, as did Noah his generation, for judgment is about to fall. And these sayings shall be fulfilled shortly, for I am coming soon. Jesus repeated, This is the last revival. I am preparing my people for my coming. Judgment is coming, but I will call my people away, even unto myself, before the worst shall come. But be thou faithful. Watch and pray for the time of the end of all things is at hand. Ah, wow. Hallelujah, friends. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, for it. Now, the only way that you're going to know is by way of the Holy Spirit as he illuminates the prophetic sequence throughout the word. Listen, the spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus, friends. It's not just somebody reading your spiritual horoscope. It is testifying what Jesus is doing. Personal prophecy would be then what is Christ doing in the individual as it concerns the overall plan. The Holy Spirit will awaken you to your place in history and in time. But I'm telling you, friends, and I think you'll come to know this if you'll uh, go back and check on it and Look, look over the overview of the prophetic flow of the scriptures. I believe you'll realize that you and I are living into these very days that were prophesied by Kenneth Hagin even in 1950. He wasn't the only one, of course. There have been dozens, hundreds maybe. But I'm telling you, we are living into these days. We are at the end. We are the final leg. We are the last runners, my friend. Now, Here's something to consider in light of all this. We've got a few moments left here in, in the podcast. Let's see how much we can get over to you. The last leg is the shortest leg, uh, but it's the most aggressive pace. It requires the most aggressive pace. As I mentioned, if we were to use the analogy maybe of, of a baton runner, the last runner is required to be the fastest one. Uh, even though it's the shortest leg, it will require great endurance and it demands great output. It requires precision tuning. The pace places demand on internals. Uh, we won't be able to get the horsepower you and I need from sloppy or large tolerances. Now, I'm not a mechanic uh, and definitely not a, uh, you know, uh, like a high performance race car mechanic. Um, 
But I do know this, that high-performance machines, one of the differences among many, is the materials that are used. They can handle heat uh, and the tolerances. Listen, you know, when you've got these drag, you know, drag race cars or whatever, these, you know, top fuel race cars, uh, these things are putting out, you know, enormous amounts of horsepower. Th- those, those parts in there aren't, aren't flopping around. They're not sloppy. You can't get that kind of horsepower with, with, with sloppy tolerances. Now, the prophetic implication here, the, the wisdom that you and I need to hear from this is that uh, what's demanded of us will require that we tighten up our, our, our tolerances. What maybe we tolerated in seasons past is not going to be tolerated now. Uh, things that you and I did in our early days when we were beginning, when there was more mercy, say, being extended to us. We just didn't have a great understanding, and in his long-suffering, we could get by with things. But I'm telling you, we're not going to be able to have the output that's needed if we don't tighten up a little bit on some things. We're not talking about getting under legalism or uh, bondage like that, but I'm saying the reality is that there are convictions There are things associated with your anointing. Now, things that you're supposed to do may be different than me. There's general things, but then there's there's things that you can't preach from the pulpit because there's no chapter and verse for, but there are particular things that are associated with you and your calling that God's saying, I want you to abstain from, or I want you to adjust, or I want you to put on the altar, or I want you to add that to your fasted lifestyle paradigm your the the uh foundation this fasted lifestyle foundation i want you to add that to that category there these these are things that i'm asking that you give up for me not necessarily sins but weight remember we lay aside weight and sins there are some things that aren't necessarily sin per se there are weights though now i think it it can become straight up rebellion if you refuse to do it but if you refuse to lay aside these things, you know, these race cars, you know, they trim the weight. That's one of the, that's one of the things about these high output, high, high performance, whatever, is they've usually been stripped of any excess weight, things that are unnecessary. They get it really dialed in to just, here's what's required for structural integrity. Here's what's required, um, you know, to get it from point A to point B, and we don't need all this extra stuff. That, that's some of the weights just unnecessary baggage, luggage, trinkets, whatever, uh, habits, things this, things that, that are unnecessary and, in fact, would hinder you from finishing strong. These are things that you and I need to consider, friends. We need to contemplate. Lord, is there any adjustment that's required? Because if I'm being placed in the last leg and the demands for the output of this last leg are, you know, one, two, three, A, B, C, then I need to enter into a time of fine tuning to where I become that, what, that precision machine in order to finish well. Hallelujah. Uh, the last leg, it requires intense focus and drive. Distractions are less forgiving in this season, friends. Distractions are less forgiving. We could get, we did get, away with a lot more things in previous seasons but not now uh what else it requires pain management 
If we're going to finish well, we need to manage pain better than we've ever managed it before. And what do I mean by pain? I'm not necessarily talking about, I'm not talking about sickness and disease, friends. There is a healing anointing uh, that you and I are going to become proficient in its use and in its application because that's what's going to keep these physical bodies strong in order for us to finish. But I'm talking about like the, the, the pain of being misunderstood, the pain of being ridiculed, the pain of being uh, mocked, persecuted. I'm talking about those kinds of pains. The pains of uh, you know people leaving your team, the pain of people leaving your ministry. Uh, well, uh, and I'm not minimizing the tragedy in that, but I'm saying you and I are going to have to be able to manage that better than we have in previous seasons. Uh, we need to be able to run well under pressure, and we need to be able to uh, respond to intense heat buildup. Listen, the faster you go, the, the the more resistance. There's wind resistance, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, I'm not a scientist or, you know, trained to understand all of those, but I think you understand that there are principles that govern these things. Um, you know, like when the space shuttle reenters Earth's atmosphere, the speed in which it, it's entering, it builds up a lot of heat. Well, they've come up with special paints or products that they put on these things where it doesn't melt you know, the ship or whatever. So, so these are, con- there are, there's spiritual tooling, friends. There are advancements, come on, that will equip us to be at the pace and the posture that you and I need to be at in order to finish strong. So again, to run in this leg, we need to ask Holy Ghost to begin to help us right now and, and educate us, uh, school us, tool us, to be able to manage pain better than we've ever managed before, uh, to be able to uh, handle and manage the resistance and the heat that's developed in the resistance. Listen, we've got to move forward. And sometimes that friction, you understand what I'm saying? Sometimes there's friction as we're moving forward. So many of us are yet in like a spearheading position. And I'm telling you, we're going to have to learn how to navigate and manage the heat buildup that comes off of breaking into territories, pressing past uh, strongholds, pressing beyond resistance in order to get over into where the finish is. Antichrist operations are setting up distractions and traps and detours and uh, opposition. Um, I heard the Lord say several years ago to uh, prepare for collision But it wasn't from a defensive posture. Rather, it was prepare because of the offensive movements. Like, we are moving, and we're going to collide with blockages or blockades. We're going to press through, break through, where the enemy has set up resistance points. Rather than, you know, a lot of people, because their their mentality has been defensive. No, 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 we're on the offense. We are finishing Father's work. And so there's some movement forward. And I heard the Lord say, prepare for collision. I want to extend that to you. And part of what I'm talking about is the internal um, fortitude that is being developed in us for us to press on and break through and go through unfazed. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. You know, we may have been set back months and years. I I mean, I'm even realizing some uh, things that I have faced some opposition on. In fact, I was sharing last night. Uh, it's Thursday. We record this on a Thursday. So last night was a Wednesday and I was sharing with our church and our fellowship here that, you know, I have, I had faced 
some resistance on some things and I kind of gave up a little bit. You know, I didn't manage the pain of that resistance very well. And like, like any of us are tempted to do, I wanted to get out of that pressure point and go nurse my wounds. But here's what the Lord's doing. He's doing something on the inside of us where that doesn't phase us like it used to. Oh, hallelujah, friends. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Because we have got to press on in to the, uh, the um, finish area. Hallelujah. We're getting down to the grand finale of this thing, and we're moving into it with force. Hallelujah. All right. Uh, another point here as we bring this to a close is this last leg will require that we utilize advancements. Remember this, what the Bible says, it says from faith to faith, glory to glory, grace upon grace, strength to strength. The latest grace, listen, listen to what I'm saying. The latest grace is the required tooling. Not grace from 100 years ago. Faith to faith, the latest faith that God has developed in you, that's what's required to keep advancing forward. You can't go back to your early days faith. You can't go back to the beginning days faith. God worked with us. God was with us. And we were moving with him. But, 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 but he's been developing us. He's been growing us. Faith to faith, faith to faith, increasing, increasing. The latest faith. Listen, you will find out that when God gives you a new assignment, you can't use faith from 40 years ago. You've got to step into, he, he's going to require that this latest formation, this latest understanding, this latest place of intimacy with him is what's required to go on in to what he's asking you to do. So we must learn to utilize advancements, latest grace, the latest toolings, the latest faith. Hallelujah. If we're going to compete in a spiritually saturated and dominated environment, I'm talking about demonic, then you are going to need the latest tooling, the latest advancements, friends. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, we thank God for the spirit of revelation. Oh, we thank God for that spirit of wisdom working in us. The knowledge of him, it's working in us. And uh, he's giving us everything we need. Now, it's built upon other things. But I'm saying you can't go back to grade one and past grade 10. You understand? Hallelujah. And then lastly, as we bring podcast to a close, in this leg of the race, we must have had already chosen maturity. You have to have chosen maturity. You have to have yielded to maturity in order to run in this position. Maturity, spiritual maturity, is a requirement to finish well, now what does maturity mean? It means you have chosen by an act of your will. You're working with Holy Ghost here. You have chosen to put away childish things. First Corinthians thirteen eleven says, "When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But now that I have become a man, I am done with childish ways and have put them aside." Listen, you got to understand that many are not crossing over into their appointment with maturity because of the spiritual uh, strategy. And I'm just going to summarize it as delayed adolescence. Listen, that is a strategy of the enemy. 
What is delayed adolescence? Delayed adolescence is refusing to put away childish things and take your place among the mature. Listen, you can see it played out in the natural here, this demonic strategy. You know, things that were expected of 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 year olds, you know, in the last hundred years, you know, it's like these things aren't even expected of people now until they're in their thirties. This is delayed adolescence. You got people now who uh, like uh, we read about in like he, uh, Hebrews five, Hebrews six, like you should have already been functioning in some things, but see delayed adolescence, delayed spiritual maturity is a trick of the enemy. Hallelujah. It's, it, it, it is, it's a strategy uh, to try and get a whole generation to miss their appointment with mature things. Look, look at this in Galatians 4, verse 1. As long as the inheritor or the heir is a child and under age, he does not differ from a slave, although he's master of the entire estate. Verse 2, but he's under guardians and administrators and trustees until the date fixed by the father. Listen, this is what we're talking about. You've been destined to cross over into spiritual mature things. And we want to look at it as a, as a collective here. There was a point on God's plan here. Listen, this thing was birthed. The church was birthed, but it wasn't intended to stay immature. There was a point at which it would suddenly shift over in, in, into a rapid acceleration, a entrance into maturity so that we can go on and actually inherit and take our place as a mature bride, body, function, demonstration, etc. But the enemy is trying to delay that. Now, listen, you and I individually, there are some that have, have just gone on in. Some have been completely found faithful. They have not missed those individual appointments with maturity in their life. But we're talking about an entire generation has been plagued with this again, I'll say it again. There were things that just a hundred years ago that were expected of fourteen-year-olds, fifteen-year-olds, and now it's like they're in their twenties, their late twenties, their early thirties, and they're still acting like children. There are things associated with immaturity that uh, uh, people who should be mature by now they're still associating with. This is what Paul's saying. There was a point when he had to make that decision. And there are adults that are not adulting. There are adults that are still immature by an act of their will. And some of them, if you say anything to them, if you say anything to them about it, they get all offended. Like there are things that you're doing that were associated with children in the last several decades. But suddenly now, uh, 20-year-olds, 30-year-olds, even 40-year-olds are still found doing immature things. They've not put off childhood and taken on the responsibility of taking their place as a mature representative of the citizens of the kingdom of heaven. Hallelujah, friends. Well, I'm going to leave it right there. I know I left you on a cliffhanger, but these are some considerations as we jump into this. Talking about the final leg. Hallelujah. Don't be disqualified. Take your place. Don't miss your appointment, friend. And maybe you already have. Well, there's grace for that. There's forgiveness for that. You can repent of that and say, all right, Father, I'm ready to take my place. 
Hallelujah. I'm ready for you to begin to shape me, mold me, bend me into the pace and the posture of a finisher. Hallelujah, friends. Well, hey, if we can pray with you, agree with you, we would love to do that. we got prayer people standing by. If you want to call us, 870-741-9099. Leave a message. Somebody will get right back with you. Or you can send an email. We'll get it right to our prayer team. And that's at hello at gracecitychurch.tv. Hello at gracecitychurch.tv. Listen, friends, I've really enjoyed our time with you today. Hey, we're going to pick up again on this thought next week. But until then, my friends, be blessed.